0: You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. Whoa! Wait a minute,
1: huh? Hold up. What? Oh, okay. Did we just lose the fucking Canucks? You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Detroit Pistons on the wrong side of history. Their 27th consecutive loss sets an NBA record.
2: Nobody wants something like this attached to them. I love these lazy Saturdays. It's Wednesday, (laughs) (laughs) Homer. Work!
1: Hello, sports fans. Welcome to the morning show. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year's on the way. Everything you want from a morning. It's the Halford and Bruff show. It's everything you want in the morning show, except for Halford and except for Bruff. Brooke Ward digging in heels this morning. Josh Elliott Wolf riding shotgun. Hello, Josh Elliott Wolf. Hello. Good Christmas after Christmas morning to you. There's an A Dog. There's a Laddie here. Good morning. Morning. Hello, hello. That's A Dog and Laddie. That's a Batman and Robin of the Halford and Bruff show. They are. Discussing now amicably with weapons behind the scenes, which one is Batman, which one is Robin, Josh Elliott,
2: who's Batman? You know what? I, I was going to weigh in, but yeah. I don't want to like li- them to lose faith in me this early in the week.
1: I always found Batman and Robin were of equal quality, although Batman seemed to think he was a, a bigger deal, A-Dog.
0: As long as there are tights involved,
1: I'm fine. As long as there's tights involved. I feel like that makes you Robin then.
2: Oh okay. I mean both have tights. And he's also a
0: secret billionaire. So I think he's got the Batman. Okay. This is true. I just do this for fun, man,
1: <laughs> man. Well, you work the hardest. You too work the hardest in the show. It's easier, much easier. Just flip on the mic and ask you guys what to do. Josh Elliott, Christmas was good for you. It was great. How was your Christmas? It was swell, man. I'm glad it's over because it's back to back dinners. Sometimes you get the New Year or the uh, Christmas Eve dinners. You get the mm-hmm. Christmas Day dinners. So two in a row is a lot
2: for me. You? I I had the three in a row. The, the dreaded na- three well, in a row. The I, natural hat trick yeah. of Christmas dinners. The Christmas Eve. Uh, uh, Christmas Day and then Boxing Day. We had a uh, family over last night wow, as well, man. so it is it's intense. How's that I, family on Boxing
1: Day rate though? They're thinking, well, they did not get the invite on Christmas Eve. They got It's a sore spot.
2: It is. It's a sore spot. It's a tough one. It got pushed it, it, out a little bit,
1: and then it's like we got so many people, we just didn't have time for you. But your Boxing Day quality, a hey, dog, Christmas, everything cool. It was
0: yeah. Lot, I got lots of cereal. I was very happy.
1: Lots of cereal.
0: Yeah, that's all I asked for. Oh, okay. I got a big carpet a big cereal box of cereal.
1: Big cereal. Go laddie. I want someone to say mine sucked bad. I was around family. It was like it was well, terrible. It was,
0: for me, it was less about me and more about
1: my two-year-old daughter. Oh, okay. Had a great time. Tell and us that's you hate your about.
0: family. Glad yeah. <laughs> he only celebrates Festivus.
1: Yes, <laughs> well, he wins with the two-year-old daughter though. You got to go. Does, oh, That's yeah. pretty good. She had a great time. That's awesome. All this shiny baubles and what? Yeah, I'm just being nice. I mine, mine sucked. I was at family on the 24th. I was with family on the 25th. I don't like family. It was terrible. Good thing they love me but it was good feeding, it was good food brought- is it
0: just the airing of grievances for like 3 straight hours like do you guys just yell at each I other i just or- find
1: them annoying okay yeah no they seem to all get along very honest about it oh yeah well, you know well they're not up
2: <laughs> they're not up this well, early in the listening. morning we could talk as much crap about our family at 7am as we want That's as true want.
1: my family anyway nobody's up and uh but i just i maybe it's frowned upon i take takeout with me take out boxes with me to the dinner and then they kind of know ahead of time that this guy's going home with a gift package. So maybe that's frowned upon when you come in with takeout. Kind of
2: seems like the move, honestly.
1: That's a good move. I have to
2: implement that in the future.
1: Veteran move. Veteran move, yeah. I don't know. And then you take in your like your, your takeout cups. Mm-hmm. That's more important, too. They don't even see you. You just load up with whatever. <laughs> cause it's usually good alcohol at these things, not the cheap stuff. It all worked out anyway. I'm glad it all worked out for you guys as well. Uh, Josh Elliott is here. A Dog and Laddie, you know they're here, of course. I was waiting for another bark, didn't get one, but I'm new here. Uh, there is no halfer. There's no broth. It's
0: fans. only one bark off the top. We don't have a budget for
1: more. It's than just one, one just bark one bargain, only. Yeah. Copyright infringement. And it's uh, Josh Elliott, A Dog Laddie, and I here for the rest of the week from seven till ten before the boys. You really want to hear come back next week. What happened coming up in a minute? Nick Shook, NFL.com. Later, Rod Boyd, Seahawks. The Seahawks are to playoff position. There's other issues going around the league. We'll talk about those too. Sean McDaniel, The Athletic, coming up later on the program. The eight o'clock hour. World Juniors, well in vogue. Canada has Latvia at 10.30 this morning Pacific time after winning yesterday and uh, beat the Finns 5-2. More on that coming up as we cruise along. Batch will be here. Bachelor, Mr. Brendan of Bachelor will be with us at 9 o'clock this morning. The Canucks will be back in action very shortly as well. More on that coming up. NHL action kicking back into gear today. Canucks hosting Philadelphia tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Ottawa on Tuesday. Then it's a seven game road trip, and you're going to learn a lot about the hockey club during that seven game road trip starting in early January. That's for sure. What we learned also coming up later on in the program as well. Is it time for what happened?
2: Because I don't know how early they get into what happened. I feel like we gotta we gotta pay some bills first. Okay, pay some so, bills. Uh, this hour of Halford and Brough brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling, Vancouver's premier metal recycler, pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling they recycle. You get paid eleven seventy Powell Street, and it's also brought to you by the Delori family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delori Acura Dealer today. What?
1: Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was we, we know how busy your life can be. What happened? You
0: missed that? What happened?
1: What happened? Also brought to you by, you might have said this already, but I'm going to do it again in case you did. I wasn't listening. The BC Construction Safety Alliance, did you do that already? I didn't do it. You can do it. Okay, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, the best in resources, the best in safety training. Visit bccsa.ca for more information. I allow
2: you, Mr. Josh Elliott, to go first. What have we learned? Uh, So, yeah, what happened on the weekend was (laughs) um, the Canucks won. On Saturday. That was like a long time ago, too. It's Wednesday today. Um, I Still have to use the fan
1: for the intro, though, because this is our first show since that game.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. been a minute. Yeah. Um, but the last time the Canucks played, they won. They are first in the NHL um, by Drant Metrics. They are second in points percentage right now, though. Um, the third line still buzzing. Andre Kuzmenko scored twice. Things are uh things are going really well for the Canucks right now and as you mentioned they're back in action tomorrow against the Flyers at Rogers Arena. Um it was nice to nice to end go into the break with a win, first in the NHL. You know nobody's going to touch it for a few days cuz they're all on Christmas break, but um really encouraging. I thought it was a a decent game. It's like it's kind of the one you have to win whenever you play San Jose, but we also saw the Canucks lose to San Jose. Uh, just a few weeks ago, but decent game.
1: Three of four against San Jose, I think, this year. And they do like to air them out and score goals. And the Sharks, uh, in the spirit of giving at this time of year, although they've been doing it all year and will continue into 2024, they like to give up goals. That seems to be what they like to do. So seven more for the Canucks the other night. I think one into the empty net. But uh, the Coos two goals huge for him, one off the rush again, and finally, and I haven't seen a lot of this from him him this year, down low. Mm -hmm. Uh, He tipped one in that I will consider, and I'll gift him up down low because he was scoring so many goals last year from just outside the blue paint. That's an area that he's been allergic to this year, it Mm -hmm. looks like. So for him to actually get a couple and get one going to the net – an area he doesn't seem to like to hang around a lot this year, that's one of the big differences with him for me. Never mind confidence, being parked, and what talk it might be doing with him. He's getting power play time, and he's on the perimeter in the power play as scheduled. But when he is five on five out there, he has been on the perimeter in a perimeter player. To me, Josh, he has to go back to the blue paint area. He chipped in. There weren't even garbage ghouls necessarily last year, but he chipped in a lot from about 10 feet out, an area he has not gone to with great regularity this season.
2: And especially because, like, it, his role kind of has to be playing with Elias Petterson. and if you're going to be playing with Elias Pettersson, Pettersson's going to have the puck a lot, and if you can find your way to your point to the blue paint, he's going to be able to find you and, and put you in a spot where you're going to be able to score. And we saw it 39 times last year when um, Kuzmenko was able to score a lot of goals down low, parked in front of the net, and we just haven't seen it a lot this year. You see Talked about a lot before the season was we kind of need to see him shoot more in general. And we didn't really, we haven't seen that come to fruition yet. One thing I did like on Saturday is he seemed very willing and ready to shoot. And he seemed to want the puck, which I don't think he's wanted in a few weeks. See, I think he always wants the puck. Pick the
1: zone. Pick the zone he's in. (laughs) He's got the beaver tail slapped down. Wanting the puck all the time. That's one of Tockett's criticisms when he's coming back in on, on defense, or not Tockett's criticism. That has been a criticism of him. He's coming back on D. He's not checking. He's slapping his stick on the ice, wanting the puck. I see him do that all the time in the offensive zone as well. Often after he just dishes it. He'll dish it. It's not even, if he's throwing it to Patterson, it's not on Patterson's tape yet. And he's tapping that puck like, give it back, give it back. Is what I've been seeing since I've been watching him. Uh, more closely as well but he's also got talk the guy's possibly confused because he doesn't want to play the talk game of the four check and certainly the back check maybe that's keeping him away from the blue paint is he actually in the offensive zone I asked the question actually in the offensive zone and like hey what am I supposed to be doing here so he's looking for a man to pick up he doesn't pick up very many but that's what it kind of looks like to me he either doesn't isn't capable of playing the game Talkit wants it to, or some players just won't. I'm just not doing that. I'm the 39-goal scorer, and I am not a guy who is used to being on the fourth line and or the press box, mm-hmm. and I don't go in the corners. I'm the shooter, and Talkett wants him to play a different game. At times, he looks confused to me, but go to the blue paint when you can.
2: Yeah, I do think when, it, when it, it, the conversation is like, is he capable of playing the Talkit game, or does he want to play a talk game, I would lean to more the capable side, just because I do, I don't think that's how he operates. And one thing I've kind of questioned over the last month or two is like, is Kuzmenko a fit on a winning team's top six? On any winning team's top six. And like, if you put him in Boston or you put him in Colorado, they'd probably give him a shot in the top six, but I don't know how long he's staying there because they have the same issue where you go to a team like that and they want you to buy into their structure and, and how they play, and I don't know if, he's, if he is capable of doing that. Though he is a very talented and skilled offensive forward, if you're going to get a lot of minutes in the playoffs or down the stretch mm. for a good team, you have to be able to buy into whatever the coach regardless of if it's Talkit or if it's another coach on a, another good team. Otherwise, you're going to be, end up being the guy who, yes, can score a lot of goals, can get a decent amount of points, but you're going to be moving around teams because – as soon as team starts winning they 're not going to want you there
1: very interesting, yeah, to see what will happen, uh, assuming he sticks around the NHL long term as well. what'll happen? How many you do get those guys? They play on seven or eight teams they 're just sort of a fit on a team for a year or two, mm-hmm. but uh, even on Vancouver, to your point, yes, is he a top six forward for the for a good NHL team while on Vancouver? he has not been capable of being a top six player. If you're not going to back check and you're not going to forecheck, you better find a way to score. You need something else for the coach to give him a reason to play. I'm supposed to have something now. More on Kuz Menko, by the way, I'm sure, as we go along, because it's early, and he seems to be a topping point. Uh, how does this work, by the way? You go, we go back and forth? So I'm we ju- can
2: go back and forth. Okay, we went back We're to just you. talking about what happened.
1: We really. went back to you. We're just talking about what happened. So we went back. Now we'll go forth. Canuck statistically, by the way, as you've mentioned already, tops of the league in points. I am uh, with Drance because I think it has to factor in what your winning percentage is. But, hey, enjoy the moment on the top of the heap in points because both count. But if I'm looking at the Canucks and looking for some key moments and key points with this Vancouver, plus minus right now, and I'm going to tie this into our Hughes, the question of our Hughes and Hronick slowing down a little bit. Because statistically, I guess they are. But plus minus when it comes to points. Plus minus Hughes, number one in the league, plus 28. You would figure you're pulling the other guy along with you anyway. Hronick's a plus 23 right now, and he's number two in the league. So number one and two are Hughes and the guy he plays with. My question to you, is: Hughes made Heronic better, or is Heronic made Hughes better? Because what I've learned is these two guys are running top two, but I think they're also slowing down a little bit right now.
2: I think they are slowing down. I, I did some uh, reading on Philip Heronic and one thing a lot of Red Wings people have said is that he often gets off to a hot start and then kind of tapers off as the season goes along. I don't know if that's something he'll fix in Vancouver, though. I, I agree with you. We've kind of seen a little bit of a drop off as uh, as that pair has gotten deeper into the season. They're still elite, though. It's like the drop off has gone from maybe the best pairing in the NHL to a pairing that's still pretty clearly a, a top pairing for a good team. Uh, in terms of who's bringing up who. I would lean Hughes. I still want to see Hronik with a different partner yeah. before you pay him a bunch of money. And we haven't seen <laughs> that yet. Maybe it's something where you have to wait for a trade to happen to for the Canucks maybe to bring in another defenseman. We saw Ethan Bear sign in Washington today, by the way. Um, but I I really do want to see Hronik play with maybe it's Ian Cole before the Canucks commit to paying him on a long term extension.
1: Isn't that interesting topic too? Because if you are Hronik right now, you've you've won the lottery. You're playing with Hughes. I mean it is your number one pair. Teams load up through the years with number one pairs, uh, you know, throughout history, you see it. So you can take your two best defensemen and play them together. You can split them up too, if you want. But I would yeah, Hughes is pulling Hronick along, but boy, Hironick really Accented Hughes's game so nicely early this year, and continues to do so. I just find that Heronix not quite the standout. I'm not noticing him as much as I did earlier this year. I didn't know a lot about him before he got here. So I mean, the guy got here and was was injured, and you didn't know what you were gonna see this year. and oh boy, but uh, very interesting point. If I'm the Canucks and I'm looking at having to pay this guy very soon, by the way, how much am I going to pay him? If you're Hironik, I've won the lottery. Leave me with Hughes. Leave me with Hughes. Leave me with Hughes. But if you're going to drop me lower down the lineup to try and see, and so far half us, if you're if you're talking too, hey, we're winning with the lineup. He's not concerned with how much guys are getting paid. Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting Rutherford Alvin issue at the moment. Going, keep playing with him. But yeah, if I have to go to court and face you, I'm going to say it's because you were playing. With Hughes, the reason your numbers are so high,
2: and so maybe that helps too, because maybe you're like, hey, you can point to, if if you're Rutherford or Alvine, you can point to it and say you're playing with Hughes. That's why your numbers are so inflated. Whereas if he was putting up similar numbers or close to similar numbers while playing with Ian Cole, he would clearly be capable of uh of being paid that much. But also, I think if you were the Canucks, you'd be more comfortable paying him that much because you know he can produce without Cole or without Hughes. Um, you and I, by the way, I wish I was playing with Hughes. Yeah. No, be, I'm pretty I'd sure be, I could get a few million. I'd be driving
1: games. a nicer car.
2: I'm right-handed, too. <laughs> I can make it work.
0: That <laughs> automatically gives you a chance. You're, <laughs> no, you're I, already pretty high up there. the depth chart. There.
2: I should be like a third-party defenseman on any NHL team right now. It's true. By the way, what
1: happened? Se- segwaying the Ethan Bear, I don't know what I'm going to do without Dollywell's daily Ethan Bear updates. On uh, Dottie and Dolly because it was, and, I, and the Canucks were interested in him, but and that was a a hot topic. But it was Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear. And I was just thinking, well, that's nice. He's your seven guy, I would say in Vancouver, maybe higher in Vancouver because he's the right hand shot. Uh, but still, anyway, the Ethan Bear signing, as Josh is uh, told us into Washington this morning as well. What to do without Ethan Bear on the. Uh, on the back burner for the Kodaks. If I'm looking at stats for Heronik, two goals, and and it's just stats, two goals and 27 assists, but we've seen him play plus 23 this year. Last year, Detroit, nine goals and 29 assists. Previous year, five goals, 33 assists. So he's that 40-point guy or so. And in fact, to be accurate, the last two years in Detroit, he had 38 points each year. Uh, And he's at 29 points for Vancouver this year. If you want to just look at stats, Josh, you'd point... Back to your point, Hughes is pulling Hronik along, and that's not a shot at Hronik. But Hughes is the guy that, again, you and I could play with, maybe even a dog. And uh, we might put up 30 points as well. But right now, Hronik's looking at a career year, and
2: then he's going to be an RFA. Mm-hmm. And I think it also says a lot about Hughes as well. Is his leveling up has also... like. And this isn't to discredit Heronik at all either, because, that, because I think he's probably... Um, outside of maybe Tanev, but I would probably put him ahead of Tanev. Like, Kronik is probably the best defenseman Hughes has had a long stretch with. And that that means something. But I also think Hughes has, we've seen such a leveling up in his game this year that, yeah, it's, it, it would be hard for any defenseman playing with him to not be putting up points. And that's kind of why I bring up Ethan Bear is um, because we saw how they played Decently well down the stretch when they played together, Hughes and Bear. Um, And the one thing I think the Canucks are going to miss, and we were talking about it with Hironic, maybe getting minutes with a different defensive partner is uh, without signing Ethan Bear because he's in Washington, um, that was a guy you could have potentially had with Hughes because you know that... Maybe uh, play some minutes with Ian Cole, maybe Zadorov, someone else. Um, And that's just... Probably not an option the Canucks are going to have, but also you're you have one of the best parents in the league right now, and I just think Tockett probably wouldn't change yeah. it up because why would he?
1: Yeah, well, it good fit, and Horanik's been a really good fit for Hughes, obviously as well. One thing Vancouver's done. Stayed very, very healthy, as Jim Rutherford was suggesting previous uh, to the season. If we're going to do something this year, m- just make the playoffs, frankly. We have to avoid key injuries. They've avoided key injuries. Lord, I don't want to see a reason from the injury variety that Hronick gets to play with somebody else. Do not want to see that. That would be unfortunate. Otherwise, somewhere along the line, you figure he's got to get a shift or two. Has he had a shift with anybody else? Have you done your shift? I'm sh- I'm sure he has. <laughs> Maybe Can't a recall. couple. Maybe a couple. Maybe a couple. I haven't checked uh, And uh, Do we go I, if, Fill me in Do we go back and forth again You got anything yeah, else so You still
2: cooking In terms of what happened uh, We have options <laughs> here I'll, I'll run options Good by you. It's my first day uh, uh, We could do We could talk Seahawks They're back in the playoff spot We got World Junior talk as well And uh, You give me options Also in the intro I wanted to maybe touch on this At some point The Detroit Pistons Have oh. lost 27 in a row that's it's, a lot in a row. Is that bad? That's well, it's not good. It's I would bad, say. Right? The to put it in perspective, I, I saw they the raised style. a banner for that. Yeah, raised a banner. Um, the last, so the Arizona Diamondbacks have won a game more recently than the Detroit Pistons, <laughs> which is insane. I just didn't like it's it's impressive for a team to be this bad.
0: I, w- I had some friends that are in Windsor, Ontario, which is right across the bay there from uh, from Detroit, and they were tempted to go to that game because it's like they're witnessing history. I that's know it's not not yeah. the kind of
1: history you want to witness, but they were tempted to just jump over to Detroit and, and see that game because that's that's some futility right there. It is nice to see now and there have been other teams but every time a big losing streak comes up it takes me back to the vancouver grizzlies who really knew how to lose and the grizzlies in their first season had a night had a 20 game yeah 20 game 19 20 game losing streak they had a 23 game losing streak in their first year they won their first two games and i think they lost 19 in a row so there might have been a couple other 20 game streaks in there 93 was the top for the... It was a long year, Josh. I don't know if you yeah. were here for that in 95, I don't 96? think I... No, I was, I was a
2: few years away from being around. It
1: was a long season. I was there courtside. It was a long season. But It was just cool to have them in town, but it yeah. was a long season. But uh, to have someone at least... More teams. Cleveland, Philadelphia, they had lost 26 in a row. Uh, Cleveland did a nice 24-year-old run, too, uh, years ago. Detroit's last twenty seven or twenty four on previous occasions. So good on them to smash their own record. Yeah, big it,
2: win for them. That's the first oh, win of the
1: last couple months. But it brings the Grizzlies back to mind, as me just just how how bad they were. Although we were thrilled to have them there, but how bad they were, and they just never got any better. But twenty seven in a row, that's tough to do. It's
2: it's like it's almost really statistically to impossible, uh, especially because their team is they're not good obviously um, but they shouldn't be this bad no team should no team should be this bad and the the tough part about it now wow. and we saw it last night the Brooklyn Nets went in and they were like man we can't lose this well, game that's it there's pressure yeah. on you coming in every Huge team is treating it you. like a game seven because you don't want to be the team that uh loses or, yeah, yeah. loses and, and breaks
1: a streak. Oh, huge buy. Oh, man. I had a guy real quick here just ahead of a break. I had a fellow that used to work as a pit boss in Vegas. And I bumped into him my Vancouver Canadian days on the road somewhere, and he befriended me. He said, here's a way, you if you want to win in Vegas, it was baseball-wise, but he said, if you get a five-game losing streak, and the team that's lost five in a row has their ace going the next game, statistically speaking, so this well before stats were a big thing, frankly, bet on the... Losing the guys who've lost five in a row and have their ace to lose for whatever reason. It Hmm. seems to work that way, riding long streaks. Uh, Brings this to mind, if I had a team, I'm in Vegas and the Pistons have lost 20 in a row. I'm gonna bet on them the win to break that streak, and your four day stays in Vegas basically. And then if they lose their 21st, you, you double your bet up, and you mm-hmm. double your bet up, and you bet the mortgage. And then by the time I got home, I would have had to work at seven in the morning probably. <laughs> That's why you're here to pay the bills. It doesn't work. You're listening to the best. You're of Alfred listening Alfred and to Brough. the best of Halford and Bruff. Here to play. Now, nicely underway, the Halford and Brough show. Everything you want in a talk show, except for Halford and Bruff. I'm Brooke Ward, Josh Elliott. Wolf is here. There's an A Dog, there's a Laddie. They're hanging around too, making sure the train stays on the rails later on in the program. Ashler to join us, 9 o'clock hour. We're here till 10. Tell a friend, Sean McIndoe of The Athletic, to some NHL talk coming at the bottom of the hour. That's one. We got one in the books, baby, Josh. You You're did it. Me. I know. Uh, hour two,
2: by the way. Hour two. It is hour number two. Brought to you by uh, Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit Campbell-Pound.com today. And also, the Delari family of our Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today.
1: 8 o'clock in the morning now. Actually, three minutes after 8 on the West Coast in Vancouver. And the inbox hopefully going to start picking up now. We had a few things earlier. But it's starting to pick up now. People are waking up, I believe, by the 8 o'clock hour. And, of course, when you wake up at 8 o'clock, a lot of people are off this week. What else would you do? I would uh, first, I I'm gonna. I want some coffee. I want some caffeine in me. But before the bacon and eggs and probably before the coffee, for an ambience in behind me, I'm turning on the radio to 6.50 on your AM dial. Why wouldn't you? You are one of the smart ones listening this morning. You are one of the smart ones who have tuned in to us. At 8 o'clock this morning, call a friend, tell a friend, text them, email, whatever you have to do. Phone them. You you could call them. Old school. You could send a wire. You could send an email. You could send a wire. You could have something delivered. You could have someone go up and knock on their door. You could send somebody over. Make sure they know we're here. We're here also, Josh Elliott and myself, consider yourself warned, we're here Thursday and Friday as well for another Hallford and Brough. They're not due back until after New Year's. Won't be back until 2024, 2024, by the way. Anyway, you can hit us at the text inbox line if you're awake. That's what we'd like to find out who's out there, 650-650. Dunbar Lumber text line, three stores to serve you. They're in Ladner and Bridge Street. The Dunbar Lumber Express, they're at the Ladner Center. The flagship Dunbar Lumber Shop is at Arbutus in Vancouver. Online as well, dunbarlumber.com. dot com. And uh, in, the inbo- in the inbox, right? Uh, Dan says he's disappointed in the A of the Dog Variety. No song for the guest host. How come there's no song for the guest host? A hey, dog. I don't need. Oh, a see, song I've, for I've their hosts. I've spoiled the
0: listeners, and I've, I don't know if you know this, Brooke. I, I've I've made a bunch of. Guest songs, intro songs. We've the last made, six, we've, we've made, made. Laddie <laughs> okay. and myself, so my insane. co-creator, Laddie and myself, have made a bunch of intros for guests over the last six to eight months. Yeah. And now the listener expects that I do it like I'm a freaking jukebox or something for every single guest host that comes into the station. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have one prepared for you and for Josh. I apologize. That's uh, okay.
1: I I there's some ball dropping in here. That sounds very painful, but if you've dropped the ball.
0: Oh, okay. You guys are guest hosts. hosts. You're not not guests. They're for
1: guests, not guest hosts. By the way, I I, I wish to continue. This is the first time I've mentioned this today, but last week I was on this. I wish to continue my quest that the post-game show for the Canucks is a sponsor of or, or is sponsored by... The number five, mm-hmm. and I was on this last week. I really think these boys, like back in the old days, ten forty, all that stuff. You know, the old days, the glory days, ten forty, and all that stuff. Team ten forty, TSN ten forty. We were on location with our post game shows all the time at the sponsor. So I really think that it would be wise of the lads, sat Satin, the boys, who probably don't make a lot of public appearances, to to man up and do the post game show live from the number five. Sack gets mauled every time he goes in public, though. Well, that'd be He's just a big, too popular. I would wouldn't mind being mauled at the number five. Live at the five, the post game show. Come on, I can't believe this. Wouldn't that be a, the best post game show ever? If people come down and watch post game show.
0: You need to pitch this, to the big bosses.
1: I think right now, like I can't believe it's, it hasn't been pitched. Like, come on, I I barely work. Joke here. about
0: pitching in there, but I'm not. Doing yeah. that.
1: <laughs> I don't, I barely work here. Go, you know, pitch your tent at the 5 of the post-game show. Do it live. Well, there was the line. and you just crossed the <laughs> There gate. it is. It had to be said. Uh, but anyway, I just think we should be live on location at 5, live at the 5, post show. Glad to show. have you here, Brooke. I know. It's <laughs> a great idea, though. Come on. Why wouldn't you? you Might as well. Quiet table in the corner. For an away game. A couple lap dances in the, you know, come on. Get in the spirit of things. Sat in the boys. I really think it ought to happen. I called dumpster D in the inbox, uh, Josh. I called all my friends, but they're hungover. They hung up on me.
2: Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not like it's not a New Year's show where everyone's hungover, <laughs> but it is post Boxing Day. I wonder if tomorrow, maybe tomorrow and Friday, people are more into the swing of things. See, in but my it's,
0: household, it's Christmas week. Christmas isn't over yet. Christmas isn't over Christmas, until New Year's oh, Eve.
2: Lord, mine is like the lead up to like Boxing Day is the last one. December twenty mm-hmm. seventh. It's I I'm thinking about New Year's. Yep. No it, longer thinking about It Christmas. is. It's no longer Merry Christmas. It's Happy New Year. Yeah. And Happy New
1: Year's maybe you should, because you're going to have a New Year's Eve party. Mm. I'm sure. Uh, and uh, maybe that's New Year's plans later in the week. Mine is to sleep in. Go to bed early, sleep in. Uh, Phil and South Van, I just dropped this in because Phil has compliments to us. Good to hear the show. Uh, Happy New Year. Says Phil in South Vancouver. Thank you. Keep them coming. Keep them coming, folks. We can take them. Think we can't take it? We can take them. Dunbart Lumber text line six fifty six fifty. All right, Mister Elliot Wolf. Or is it just Wolf or do you, what do you how do you rock Elliot the... Wolf is uh really
2: is good. Yeah, yeah, hyphenated. Hyphenated. Yeah, because Josh Elliott just rolls off the tongue. So there's an ESPN. Well, I don't think he works for ESPN anymore. But when I Google Josh Elliott, there's a sports. Broadcaster, funny enough, who is named Josh Elliott, worked for ESPN. I think he works, he does news now or something, but. Um, so now I feel like I can't go by Josh Elliott because I'm not even the most popular Josh. No, nah, you can in sports You can do it. You
1: can pull it off too. I haven't met you before today. I haven't seen you before today. Yeah. And now you look like a Josh Elliott. You could put the on Josh Elliott. Yeah. But, you, you know, it's got a really good cachet to it. But I didn't know it was Elliot Wolf. So if I look at you now and I go, "So, Mr. Elliot Wolf," uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'll respond to both. Though. Okay. So Josh, unsung hero of the Canucks. And and some maybe have been sung because, and I'd love this in the inbox too, who is your Canucks unsung hero? Who does not get the attention that the top four or five get on the Canucks? Which means you're not going to tell me it's Pedersen. You're not going to tell me it's Miller. You're not going to tell me it's Besser. You're not going to tell me it's uh, Demko. You're not going to tell me it's Hughes. You might... You won't tell me it's Ronick. okay? But you could because he doesn't get the attention that Hughes get. But usually it's someone further down the list who's not been Dakota s- Joshua, been sung like Joshua. Yeah, Joshua, that's who I'm on. picking right now. Could be a great choice of your unsung unsung hero for the Canucks at the midway points, Mister Josh Elliot Wolf hyphenated. Yeah, Josh Elliot hyphenated Wolf. Is there an E on your name? The wolf? Uh, at the end of Wolf. You yes. had to think about it for a Yeah, went, <laughs> well, uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. I have to remember. There's yes. so many letters in there. One second, let me get my ID. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mr. Josh Elliott hyphenated Wolf with an E. Who's your unsung hero? You could name a couple of guys if you wanted.
2: So my first instinct... You was, have 15 minutes, go. <laughs> yeah, my first instinct was to agree with Adog. I was going to say Dakota Joshua, especially lately. He's just been... That whole line, though... I feel like we've been singing a lot about them. You know what I mean? The Joshua Luger-Garland line. The line is sung. The line is sung. Lately. Um, I do think Dakota (laughs) Joshua eventually, and hey, I've expected it by now, but eventually that line should slow down, right? Maybe not. Maybe it does. Um, But if it does slow down, I do wonder if Joshua gets a shot up the lineup. But the guy I'm going to say, and I have a fun stat, um, I like fun stats. So if I was, was to tell you that the Canucks are 15-3-3 three, three with this player in the lineup, do you have a guess as to who this player would be? 15-3-3. Three, three. No. It is Pew Suter. Really? With Pew Suter in the lineup. Nice. Canucks are 15-3 and 3 on the season. And uh, recently, he's kind of gotten a promotion to the top line, not last game. Kuzmenko was back there, but I feel like he's been a really, really good fit in the the Canucks lineup. He's been sound defensively. Um, When they signed him, he was a guy that they acquired him. I liked how he played in Chicago, not as much in Detroit, but um, only eight points in the 21 games he's played, so maybe there's room for, for improvement offensively. But on the penalty kill, defensively, I think he's been very, very sound. He is my unsung hero. That's a good pull. And in the inbox as well... Just trying to read the
1: whole thing. My i uh, Ramsey. There it goes. I was looking for your name. Ramsey fronted his name. I was looking for at the end. Sorry, Ramsey. The highway worker in Langley, of course. Everyone knows Ramsey. He goes with Suter as well. And that's, that's a good real, pick. that's a that's a good pick. I am gonna go. The someone also was coming and said, Hey, the entire third line of Garland, Joshua, and Lafferty. But uh I'm gonna go Casey DeSmith. Smith. Hmm. Because he's gotten, I believe it's fourteen points for the Canucks this year. He's won seven seven wins or he's six oh and two or six one and two or whatever his record is. Please let me know if you find it. Uh but Casey DeSmith to me is a guy who does fly under the radar. He has gotten some accolades, but usually it's uh, you know, after that victory. Hey, K Kay- so on a general day to day basis, I'm gonna give you Casey DeSmith because he came out of nowhere to me. Uh, he does have a background, mind you, in the National Hockey League. But he, like others, it's funny, the Canucks have had a season full of fits. That line, the third line right now of Garland, Joshua, laughter, that's a fit. DeSmith has been a fit with Demko. horonic has been a fit with Hughes. To this point, uh, who's the new Russian again? Uh, Zadorov. Thank you, Zadorov. He's not that new. I was I, I was gonna screw his name up. So Zadorov's been a fit. Everything was going smooth till then. We'll edit that out later, folks. Zadorov has been a fit with Myers. Yes. So the Canucks are, have been a season of fits, kind of right now with their hockey club. But Desmith is my guy because of uh, if he's not there, the Canucks have ten fewer points in the standings. If you're playing somebody else that's within the organization.
2: Yeah. So he's six, two, and two on the year. Just to get the there's full your fourteen. In there there yeah, So fourteen points. Um He has been really good, and this was something going into the season because the Canucks didn't trade for Dismith until uh, when was the Pearson trade? It would have been like pretty close to the regular season, Um, and that was something I was like, man, if they're going to be legit playoff contenders, I didn't expect this, obviously. Nobody did, Um, but if they're going to be legit playoff contenders, I thought they needed a better backup goalie than Spencer Martin or... Uh, and he didn't really want to rush uh, Arter Shilovs either. So bringing in Casey DeSmith I thought it was a it was a really good choice. And um, I know Kevin Woodley had talked about when they brought him in that he might not be a fit with Ian Clark, but I think Woodley has gone ba- back on that and said, "Hey, he's he's been a better fit than maybe people anticipated, and he's he's just looked really comp or com- confident. confident." Yep. In the, uh, in the games he's played so far. And obviously, you don't want it to happen, but it, it's giving you confidence that if Demco did go down for a stretch, that the Canucks would be able to tread water with the Smith yeah. leading the
1: way. Like, you don't know if you're the main man, everything changes. Because his rule right now is to back up the starter, so there's less pressure on you, too. And mm-hmm. you're handling a smaller workload. All of a sudden, you go boom, and you threw. If you were going to throw 60 games, in Casey you Smith, you might have a whole different thing. But he's just been so good for Vancouver. And to me, again, if if you were with anybody else backing up Demco right now, of the quality that we've seen before in Vancouver, uh Smith's worth 14 points to Vancouver this year. If you said another backup goalie would have gotten six points for him, even. 10 is an easier number for me to manage, but if you wanted to say someone else, in other words, the Canucks would have 8 or 10 less points this year with a different backup, you now have a team that has 49 points that leads a league and I'll even take seven out of there or eight out of there and say, now they've got 41 and now you're back falling into the middle of the pack. So Desmith, Smith, I think has made a tremendous difference for Vancouver, but there are other guys you could choose. Like I could throw Garland at you, Never mind the line, but I could throw Garland at you too and say, you know what? He's, he's quietly come along and seems to have found a home, a guy that is on the, is or was at least on the trading block among other reasons to get cap room.
2: Yeah. And I, I, there was a lot of talk about the trade stuff and and honestly I was kind of all for it. I didn't think he was a fit for the roster and and I thought that his money might be better spent elsewhere. But now it kind of feels like like if you traded him you're missing a big piece on your third line. Like he drives that line. And if you were to move him like are you going to be able to find someone to fill that role as effectively even if they are getting paid less money and you're you're filling holes elsewhere. Now I don't think so. I think his his contract with how he's playing now, if he keeps playing like this, I would dare to say his contract is even worth it at $4.95 million for for uh, this season and the next two. The issue is, um, again, like, is it the most effective way to spend money? I don't think it really matters at the moment when your team is first in the league. Uh, and with how well that line has been playing, dare I say, the best third line in the NHL at the moment. It's funny how quickly...
1: Things changed, though, right? Because I've been watching Garland since he got here, and he did not... He hadn't done a lot for me. I thought he had a good start for Vancouver. The legs never stopped moving, but he had a good start for Vancouver, and then... Maybe the first twenty games or so of his first season with the Canucks, and then he just leveled off into a two million dollar hockey player, basically. Mm-hmm. And now he looks like he's worth about three million bucks, I, I would say, in the role that he has, but not five. So I could still see the Canucks saying, "You know what? Keep playing well. Maybe we'll find a market for you if we need to clear some cap room here." But it's funny, the line's going so well, you do find yourself in a position, Josh, of saying, "You know, I don't, I don't want to move that guy now." Although I'm not expecting a ton of production out of my third line, the fact is you're also getting it from these guys lately, and that is the difference between winning and
2: losing in close hockey games every night. They've been the momentum line, too. Like, when the Canucks are kind of getting hemmed in their own zone or or things seem to be going the other team's way, Taka will throw at the third line, and all of a sudden they're forechecking hard, they're getting possession, they get off, they swap in the offensive guys, and they're getting things going. Um, so, yeah, really can point to any any player on that third line, like Bill from South Van uh, says, Teddy Bluger has been playing great should the Canucks resign him or find a right-handed centerman to help with defensive face-offs. Um, so, Teddy Bluger has, uh, is their pick for unsung hero. Another player uh, coming in the text box that uh, we haven't mentioned from Dan, Ian Cole brought stability and leadership to the back end. I do think Ian Cole has been better than I anticipated. I didn't think he was going to be uh, a number three defenseman like we've seen him be so far for the Canucks. And I think he started the year better than – he's kind of followed the heroic path where he started the year pretty hot. It seemed like he, he was really kind of firing on all cylinders. There was that stretch where Cole and Mark Friedman had no goals against for a while when they were playing together. Um, I agree with Dan, the back end has been, has been nice to see for me and Cole. And I think he's a really, you can, there's so many guys who can look at on this roster and say they should be the unsung hero. As far as defensemen go though, I would say Ian Cole is probably the, uh, the most unsung on the back end.
1: Well, it's interesting if we went position by position, by the way, I keep saying Lafferty it's Bluger on that line, right? With, uh. Blueger uh, both yeah. Josh Garland. I keep saying Lafferty. Uh, my bad, sorry, folks. Uh, and no one's caught that yet from me on the inbox. Tells me, it tells me something. You're all either you guys don't know either, or you're just forgiving me this week. So, uh, but we do have a bluger. blueger has been playing great. Says uh, Bill from South Vancouver. Uh, should the Canucks resign him or right-handed center as you were just chatting about? Uh, other people are saying there's an Ian Cole in there from Dan in the inbox. Uh, there's a couple of Casey Dismiss uh, unsung heroes are the coaching staff says Luke in Toronto. Luke's in Toronto. Hi, Luke. Unsung heroes, the coaching staff structure they created from literally from nothing. Uh, Boudreau just let the guys play. That's amazing. Uh, but coaching staff is another thing, although I didn't factor them into the unsung hero because I'm talking on ice. Mm-hmm. But when they do bring up the coaching staff, another difference for Vancouver, it's it, the depth of the coaching staff is mm-hmm. uh, past Rick Talkett, even is been terrific a really good fit i've felt for vancouver
2: we've kind of heard it from some guys as well as you you have so many big names and like guys that players around my age like in their in their 20s know had such an impact at the nhl level a bunch of hall of famers like they they command a level of respect that um not many coaching staffs i think do And, and that's something that does have an impact when you're trying to preach like, hey, this is the way you have to play to win in the NHL. If you've done it that way and you played that way and you won, that goes a lot further than um, maybe some other coaches trying to preach that to other teams. And I, I don't know if I would say the coaching staff is unsung because I feel like there's been a lot of Rick Tockett praise. And generally when he praise the head coach, it kind of goes along with praising the whole coaching staff. But they've certainly been... Um, I will say better than many anticipated in terms of the impact they've been able to have since they took over last season
1: I think you're right too we're so scarred from things that have happened in the past over the last 10 years or so that it was just at the time talk it just another coach what do you go okay but I did like it was eyebrow racing when when you went when you got foot and Gonchar back there too and I'm like hmm and foot in particular I was thinking from a defensive standpoint but Gonchar obviously knows what he's doing the twins lace him up they get on the ice every now and then too you got Ian Clark Uh, The depth in coaching right now for Vancouver, best. I've certainly seen it in a long, long time. Uh, Brando in Porco Quitlam thinks I'm serious. The reason I'm reading this is because he thinks I'm uh, serious about having a post-game show at the 5. He says, give your head a shake, bro Jake. Good friend of mine, too, Bro Jake. Thanks for that. Uh, dumbest comment ever, Brando from Poco. It, I was kidding, Brando, but you could still say it's the dumbest comment. I call you
0: Bro Ward.
1: Bro Ward. Bro Ward. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> That's insulting. I mean, you're insulting poor Bro Jake. I don't want to take his thing. Uh, and uh, somebody else, I'll find it, uh, got the joke and uh, said, yeah, great idea at the number five. I'll see if I can dig it up somewhere because you can't live without it. But uh, anyway, someone else gives me that. Uh, yeah, you could go position by position and figure out who's your unsung this, who's your
2: unsung that. Uh, I thought there'd be more Garland's. I I feel like people aren't saying Garland because there's been a lot of talk about Connor Garland. Whereas for a lot of other players, one guy we haven't even really mentioned, uh, Sam Lafferty, has been playing up and down the lineup, playing with a lot of speed. His forechecking has been amazing. He's another guy I would maybe throw in there. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like the third line, because there's been so much talk about it, People are—they uh they don't want to put them in as unsung because, again, we've been singing a lately, lot about them lately. Lately, last two weeks. See, yeah. that
1: is the thing. There's the hook. There, who is? But, I mean, bias. but prior to that. Prior to two, three weeks ago, two weeks ago even, the line wasn't being mentioned. The players weren't being really mentioned at all. I was just thinking, well, Joshua's pretty, you know, again, it just you know what you get from Joshua. Now suddenly he's pulling the trigger and at the moment is becoming a goal scorer with Bluger and Garland. But, uh, yeah, I thought Blue, the Bluger pull's a good one. Who was yours again? You were a suitor. That's a good pull in there too. When we, when, if someone like me says pick your unsung hero and people are finding more than one person, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing for your hockey club. You know, you got a whole bunch of guys who are overperforming, maybe from what was, certainly was expected from them, and uh, that's a good thing. Uh, Dan from Van Morning Boys, I second the motion for the number five. Thanks, Dan. Although, you know... We're back in on it. We're back in on it again, but I'm just kidding, obviously. the <laughs> number five, just for the, I just thought that was kind of obvious. Anyway, uh, how about singing what Alvin has been doing? That is mine, according to Dan. And that ties us as well into the uh, into the front office as well.
2: And yeah, someone saying the pro scouting staff, that's been great too. It feels like every player they've brought in has, has hit, and that's not really something... Well, that's not something any management team does for... A crazy long time, but for it to have happened um, this early for the management team to be hitting on a bunch of guys, it's great. Hopefully it carries on. Yes. And uh, it's fun to yeah, win. Pro scouting staff, definitely. It's fun to win. Everyone loves the scouting staff right now. Come back in a couple of
1: years and we'll see. Yeah. But because uh, right now the Canucks are riding high and they have mortgage. Well, you know, you get the OEL buyout. That money's going to come in the books, start $2.5 million next year, $4 million, $5 million the year after that. That factors in the equation. The players they put together to package this group of Canucks playing so well right now pretty well from top to bottom. Many of those guys are unrestricted. Free agents or restricted in the next couple of years. So the Canucks have made some moves here with the OEL money in particular to bring in all these depth players who have been a factor and maybe be unsung at the same time. A couple of years from now, the moves they've made to be good right now could catch up to them. So enjoy the moment right now. The fans needed the team to be good right now. The players needed the team to be good right now. They are right now. A couple of years from now, We will see what happens. Enjoy the moment, seize the day. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.